Well, welcome to Bliss Life Magazine, Bliss Media, Bliss AF Podcast. I'd like to welcome my very first guest here, and it's Tyree Gray, President of Nevada Mining Association, and Edith Duarte. Uh, Edith is the Nevada Director of Government Affairs, and welcome to the Bliss AF Podcast. Well, thank you, Leslie. Such a nice pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. There's so much going on, not only in our country, but in our state right now. And uh, it was just by random moments that we met last week, and it was such a great opportunity to meet you. And I thought it would be a perfect opportunity for you to come on and talk about what it's like being president of the Nevada Mining Association and the Mining Association, how it contributes to uh, Nevada and uh, the revenue and jobs and resources and everything that a lot of people may not know about. No, not well. <laughs> honestly, Leslie, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Um, I was excited to meet you again. <laughs> I always say it isn't it amazing what happens when you just allow fate to just take place and just say hello to random people. And because of a random hello, here we are today discussing uh, my profession, which is president of the Nevada Mining Association. For many of you um, out there listening, uh, Nevada was founded on mining. If there mm -hmm. was not mining, there would probably not be a Nevada. And they were just very integral to bringing people to this region. Mm -hmm. And what began as Nevada's number one industry is now still a very critical industry, though not the largest industry um, in the state anymore, but it's still very critical to many of our rural communities and really to the entire state budget. So I'd love to chat with you a little bit about that. And I'm looking forward to sure. uh, kind of answering some of your questions, but you know, fire away, rapid fire. Sure. I'm open Well, book. first and foremost, I'd like to know about you. How did you become president of the Nevada Mining Station? What's your background? What, what brought you to this wonderful, great state of Nevada? And I, well, I always tell people my life is what happens when you say yes to random questions. <laughs> so uh, I began my career in education, uh, began working uh, at an at-risk junior high school where Ooh. I taught music. And I had the opportunity to move to Las Vegas in order to advance my music career there. I was, uh, I'm actually a trumpet trombone player by training. So wow. a lot of people don't know that about me. Mm. And when I moved to Las Vegas, I had the opportunity to work on strip resorts. And uh, I said, sure, why not? And after working on the strip resorts for a number of years, I was working at Caesars Palace. And one of my professional mentors there said, have you ever considered law school? And I was like, no, I haven't, but why not? So I ended up going to law school and was fortunate enough to practice at Fenimore Craig, which is one of the state's leading law firms. And I was recruited out of Fenimore Craig mm -hmm. to join the Nevada Mining Association. So again, uh, kids, people, adults, it doesn't matter. One thing leads to another. When an opportunity <laughs> presents itself, say yes, why not? And see what happens. And how long have you been the president of Nevada Mining Association? Well, you know, you are in luck. I am fairly new. Oh, so I actually took... Well, congratulations. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> I took over for the wonderful Dr. Dana Bennett um, in February. And she was a phenomenal leader wow. of the Mining Association for a number of years. And when she decided to hang it up, she uh, tapped me and said, hey, I think this should be uh, something that you should look at and... I was honored and, uh, you know, I went through the interview process and was selected and, and hit the ground running, as you could say, uh, particularly a couple of weeks later. What were you, so what were you doing right before you were selected to be the president of Nevada Mining Association? Yeah, so I was practicing law at okay. uh, Finmore Craig. I'm sorry. And uh, I was in the government, government affairs department there. And so I acted as a lobbyist in state government affairs, uh, representing uh, large clients, CBS Health, Farmers Insurance. Uh, in fact, uh, the Newmont Mining was one of our clients, which mm -hmm. uh, had some synergy there, obviously, and uh, Nevada Rural Electric, 
which is uh, the association that uh, oversees uh, rural co-ops, mm-hmm. uh, rural electric co-ops. So uh, I had connections already there, and so it just uh, just worked. And I don't think a lot of people really understand the um, the influence that Nevada mining has on Nevada and how many, you know, you brought me this beautiful graphic on how many minerals are critical to the daily life in Nevada. Can you elaborate more on what, you know, what, what the, the main minerals that that are so important to Nevada mining? No, definitely. So I think uh, there, as you know, mining here in Nevada is, uh, there are about 103 mining operations in Nevada um, that a lot of people don't know that because uh, a lot of us never see it. The majority of mining happens in federal land, uh, actually out in most of our rural communities. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we mine 20 different minerals. The mineral that probably gets the most attention, even though we are the silver state, is gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and gold, again, is in everything from uh, probably this mic to the cell phone that, uh, that we use to call each other on a little bit earlier. And that's a really critical mineral to... Um, kind of our development. Um, but the probably the most interesting mineral is lithium. And so without lithium, we don't have the green technology that we want as a people and as a United States. And so with Tesla being here um, in Nevada and other car manufacturers looking toward what their um, footprint will be, their green technology, lithium is really, really, really important. Mm-hmm. And so we have a couple of different lithium mines here in Nevada that have become uh, they they are doing their thing. They're getting in, finding the the critical minerals, and starting to go into production. And so, in the next fifteen to twenty years, I think Nevada could potentially be the lithium mining mm-hmm. capital, not of the country but of the world, which and is really 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 exciting. What are yeah. uh, some of those mines that are mining that lithium? So yeah, so we have uh, so the newest project that is uh, going through permitting right now is Ioneer. Um, then we also have Lithium Nevada. Uh, and Lithium Nevada has probably been the most popular one. They have uh, some operations actually here in Reno. Um, and so they ship from the Thackler Pass um, here to uh, Reno in order to do some of their uh, mining process here, actually refinement process. Mm-hmm. And what is your typical day in your position as president as the Nevada Mining Associates? Give me give me a snapshot of your day or week. What is it like to do what you do? Well, well I think you're looking at it. I mean, you get to hang out with cool people. Um, and so that's a, that's really my day. I mean, uh, my job is really to be a public voice, a mouthpiece for the industry, have an opportunity to get out and educate people. Mm-hmm. We always say we educate and we advocate for the industry. Mm-hmm. And again, the education component, component is having conversations with folks like yourself. Um, but on a daily-to-day basis, um, I'm doing anything from having meetings with some of my members, uh, legislators, reviewing regulations, whether they be state or federal regulations, mm-hmm. having conversations with people all across the world. Again, Nevada is a leader mm-hmm. in mining, not mm-hmm. um, not just a random participant in it, but people come from all over the world to figure out the processes that we have here in Nevada. Mm-hmm. The probably the most important process that people come to Nevada for is our reclamation process. Mm-hmm. And to talk what to you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, you're using these words. What does that mean? No, so um, so reclamation is really the process of restoring the mine back to oh. its, its original uh, condition. Mm-hmm. So here in Nevada, what we have are regulations that require before a single shovel even hits the ground in Nevada, you have to bond for reclamation for how you're going to return that land back to its natural state Mm -hmm. and so that's part of our environmental process 
And as we go through the mind process, you develop it, you dig, you withdraw, or throughout the process, you tend to then start to create or reclaim that property back to its natural state. Mm -hmm. And that means creating, um, replanting vegetation, uh, sloping the mountains and the hills in order to look uh, very natural. And I, and I look forward to actually sharing some uh, some pictures with you. But one of the biggest uh, areas of reclamation that are here in kind of Reno proper, if you will, the Sparks um, the Sparks Marina area is mm-hmm. actually used to be Helms Pit. a mine pit. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And so the ability to reclaim that area and make it usable and friendly um, to not only us as humans, but as to wildlife is uh, something that is a crown jewel for Nevada mining industry. And how long typically does that take for the reclamation process to, to take place? Yeah, no, so you know, it's an extensive process. Uh, generally, what most mines today, in order to be as environmentally conscious as possible, they tend to do a co-current, concurrent um, mm-hmm. reclamation. So as one area becomes they're done in that particular area, they tend to reclaim it. So by the time their mine life comes to its end, probably about 70, 60 to 70% is already reclaimed. And then it usually takes another uh, two to three years after that Mm -hmm. to go through and reclaim the rest. However, they continue to monitor that area for a number of years to make sure that A, the vegetation returns, B, there are no hazardous conditions um, Mm -hmm. for people and or animals. And what about the mines that, you know, we hear all across Nevada, there's old mines that, that have been closed off and they're really a hazard and, you know, they can be, they can be dangerous if, you know, there's children or adults playing around. What, what is done to protect um, the old mines and making sure that no, nothing bad happens to people who are curious and they uh, want to find out they might dig right. for gold, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you, you've asked a great question and I actually appreciate the setup. I wish we would have rehearsed this in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but so through the Nevada division of minerals, there's actually a mine closure program mm-hmm. and the industry actually pays for that through fees. And what happens is the division of minerals will hire interns who will go out and help with the mine closures. Again, mining, I will not pretend to say that there isn't um, back in the 1880s that mining happened in a way that was environmentally conscious. Mm -hmm. I always tell people my grandfather, when I was young, had a 1954 truck and he had started up in huge cloud Mm -hmm. of smoke. Right. That doesn't mean my grandfather didn't care about the environment. That was a technology Mm -hmm. that was available. So today we obviously use the most current technology um, and there are regulations that are in place that um, I think that we can actually even create new regulations that would actually allow for the mine companies themselves to be able to go in and reclaim and um, repair some of these mines. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that doesn't happen today is because there are some liability issues that would follow them. So the Mm -hmm. second you go onto the property, even though if it, even though it's closed and or abandoned, and you decide to try to fix it up, Mm -hmm. guess what? You're stuck with it forever. Um, And so that creates this kind of reverse incentive for mine companies today to continue to invest in that. So that's why NDOM, which is the Nevada Division of Minerals, tends to to run that Mm -hmm. program. And how many many old mines are out there? Uh, You know, that would be a wonderful question for NDOM. My apologies (laughs) that I don't know that. Hey, look, I'll give me, I'm still new. Can I, can I claim that? I don't know. I'll let y'all know. (laughs) Right now. Uh, You know, all these minerals that we're, we're mining in Nevada, we're, we're such a rich state. What, um, what is is the process for mining gold differently as it is for lithium, as it is for silver? Is there a different 
different process for each different mineral. So, yeah. So, uh, again, wonderful questions. Mm -hmm. And, yes, there are different processes. Uh, The kind of general baseline process is kind of the same of identification, exploration, development, and Mm -hmm. then extraction, right? Um, And then closure and um, remediation and or reclamation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So those kind of steps are the same. But when how you process different minerals does vary. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I wish I were a geologist and I could tell you all about that. Um, But I have folks who who could answer those questions for you. But to answer the simple question, yes, the, the process may vary depending on the mineral. Uh, and and mining, there's a lot of jobs that are available. I, I was looking at your website, and there's plenty of opportunity. If someone wanted to get into mining, how would they go about it? Yeah, no. <laughs> so uh, there are always jobs available in mining. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mining industry consistently runs about 200 to 300 jobs below where it should be. Oh, right. There's definitely Isn't a there? need. Exactly, uh-huh. and so and there's a and there's a benefit to that, right? Um, again, being the industry that pays the highest wages, uh, average wage, about $94,000 a year, that can change somebody's life, right? Yes. That can change your trajectory, not just for you, but really for your family when you're earning that type of money. So being able to identify people to get in those jobs benefits the person. It benefits the company. Why? Because then they're not running below. They're actually able to produce at their actual value. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it benefits the state because we're able to increase tax revenue for the state and also take people off of um, either lower paying jobs and or mm-hmm. the state um, social safety net roles. So it's it's a benefit. So please, uh, if anybody is interested in a job, please let us know. Nevada Mining Association will we'll, we'll get you connected to some people. Is there a certain path in college and or trade school that someone would want to focus on to uh, get into the mining industry? So. Uh, again, I really wish we rehearsed this because I mean, you are like setting me up and you're, you're, you're doing perfect. So, (laughs) but with that, so the great thing is that there are no barriers of entry to mining. What, what do you mean by that? What does that mean? Say it again. (laughs) Right. So there are no barriers of entry. Uh, So we hire people with GEDs, people who don't have GEDs, Mm -hmm. um, high school equivalent, um, we are a large business, but we have a job for anyone who's interested. Um, we also hire people with criminal histories. And Wow, that's great yeah. to know. And that is, and, and again, that's really one of the areas where we are very proud. Mm-hmm. If we can, if you're willing to work hard, we can find a job for you. If you, uh, if you come to our website, we'll, you'll actually have a job posting board. But we also have recruiters in the mining industry space um, and mm-hmm. some of our larger mines will get you through that process. But it, it honestly, it's a wonderful career. Fantastic. Um, all right. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Fenimore Craig is right upstairs in this building. They are. Yeah. I've, I've spent oh. my fair amount of time here. So <laughs> yeah, right. when she told me where it was, I was like, oh, okay, good deal. Okay, I was going to ask because <laughs> it's the same office or if there's more than one. That's pretty cool. How, how, what, when, what years were you here? So there are more than one office. Uh, Fenimore Craig is a regional firm. I was in our Las Vegas office. Okay. Um, but I've been with Fenimore Craig since 2014 and left in 2020, so roughly six years. Right over and yeah. from Fenimore to here. Yep, very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a heck of a transition. I mean, if there's anybody that should be speaking for the the, the mining association, mm-hmm. you're a heck of a guy to do it. Oh, well, look, man, keep it coming. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tell me in more. In fact, about I was to say, yeah, you're, you're you're hired. You're my new hype man. I just take you everywhere, <laughs> and I get to stay off the lens. So people are like, well, what's that guy about? Right? Yeah. You don't want to see me. Trust me. Oh no, very very handsome fellow. 
Gosh. Yep, What's that's what we've already started that's it. Why we're yeah. <laughs> editing this? Um, okay, well, gosh, uh, um, hold on, give me take a, a second. Oh, Let's see if he wants on. to go to dinner with us. Yeah, well, or I with think you. We're I'm not. Go no, I'm we already talked about that. We're gonna hit Joey up because yeah. we were already planning on it. He's down with the Roxy. Oh, okay. I love dinner. During during these unprecedented times, which I can't wait until we don't hear that again, yeah, right? And yeah. we're all in this together. Uh, you know, I did, when I was reading on your site about COVID-19 and Nevada is not, Nevada, mining is essential to Nevada. So our jobs in not mining are essential. So what, what does what does Nevada Mining Association do to protect those miners and people out there in the mines? I mean, do we have to worry about COVID-19? Is there, we have to practice, they're already practicing social distancing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the mines. They are. Yeah. So yeah, to talk a little bit about how COVID-19 came into Nevada mm-hmm. and how the mining industry has been able to adapt and innovate. Mm-hmm. It's been impressive. So COVID-19 again became known early February, late January, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we started hearing about that in Asia and other parts of the country, or excuse me, other parts of the world. Um, but it wasn't prevalent here quite yet in the United States or in Nevada. The great thing about mining is that it is part of a global supply chain. Mm -hmm. So when the rumblings of COVID-19 began in other parts of the world, our miners were already preparing for it. So by the time it really hit our borders, we had already put in particular measures in order to protect our miners, had already began social distancing before it was (laughs) even being required. And that's really just a testament to mining's kind of foresight. Um, and again, and having operated around the world, um, mining, this isn't the first time that mining companies have had to deal with uh, pandemics or illnesses. Um, again, people would be surprised to find out that we have miners here in Nevada who are trained for Ebola. Mm. Right. Wow. So when there was an Ebola outbreak, um, the mine, the mining companies here said, OK, just in case we should have people who are trained in that process. Mm-hmm. And we have people who move from different places. And again, we uh, have folks who uh, have either worked in the Congo or maybe they've worked in Uzbekistan or they've worked in Australia or Canada mm-hmm. or whatever the case it is. So we have people who move around and when they move around and they come to Nevada, they bring a wealth of that knowledge mm-hmm. to us. So it's really a blessing that we were um a blessing fortuitous that we were in a position to really quickly uh, be able to pivot and and start mm-hmm. these new policies and procedures in order to protect our people. And speaking of which, uh, the demographics of the people that you employ, are they mostly from Nevada or are they all over the world? What's the mix of geographically where they're from? Yeah. So, you know, we do our very best to recruit people here from Nevada. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, one of the programs that I'm working on is uh, working on developing some Southern Nevada cohorts um, where we're working with Nevada Partners and uh, Project 354 um, and Workforce Connections down there. And the idea is that we will identify um, young people who are in the Southern Nevada region who um, are either A, unemployed or historically underemployed, Mm -hmm. and train them for jobs in order to then be able to perform those jobs here um, in some of our rural communities. The great thing about mining is that they have very flexible work schedules. Mm-hmm. Seven days on, seven days off. I'll take Sign it. Sign right? <laughs> <laughs> and so the ability to uh, live in Southern Nevada, go up, perform your job for seven days, and come home and be able to spend time with your family, not mm-hmm. always ideal, right? You know, you kind of miss your family mm-hmm. away from them. But um, again, with the type of wages that we pay, it really does change people's trajectory. 
and so it is uh, a great, great, great profession. And as far as education and recruiting, is that that starts at the high school level? I'm assuming you're in the high schools and doing some sort of education to get people, young kids, excited about what possibilities are out there. Yeah. So, in fact, we do this, uh, and maybe we should do this together one time. But we do this activity called cookie mining, Uh-oh. and uh, we go into the elementary schools and you take a chocolate chip cookie and and you use uh, toothpicks and you're, you the idea is that you're supposed to take the chocolate chips out. So you're supposed to mine the chocolate chips, right? Uh, and you take all of them out and then. When you finish, then you have to reclaim it. And so you have to put the cookie back together as good as you can, right? You know, just using your tools. Uh, and it's a really cool activity. But really what it does is it shows young people like, wow, this is this is what mining is, right? And uh, it's it's really, truly a lot of fun. And so it's my fault that I forgot to bring some cookies. No, I probably definitely could dig up some cookies. <laughs> if, if there's a producer that's good for nothing, it's finding cookies right. and toothpicks. <laughs> That's a, that's great. Well, I, I'd love to uh, see if I can help you get that information about education out to the schools. I think it's really important. I have a 19-year-old son who, you know, is just with the pandemic, man. It's tough to get a job right now. And then, you know, I feel sorry for these young kids who they, they're not having their sports. They're not having the things they used to look forward mm-hmm. to. And maybe maybe mining or something is a way, is, is, an, is a, an area that might, you know, inspire some kids to get involved in Right after college. I mean, definitely. right after high school. No, oh, I'd love to partner um, with you on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, what other, what would you love to uh, let people know about mining in Nevada that I think smote, mis, mis, um, misinterpreted or, you know, people no. don't know? <laughs> no, no, that's a, no, a great, great question. I know exactly where you're going. And so for me, one of the things that I would stress for all Nevadans is just to understand the importance of mining. Um, and frankly, for all people. Um, it's, we've disassociated ourselves a little bit with the mining activity, right? We're speaking into a metal microphone and have to understand that that was mined, right? Mm -hmm. At some point. So that kind of concept of if it's not grown, it's mined, Mm -hmm. um, is something that we as people have to recognize. Um, as many of you may have known, uh, Chaswick Bozeman, uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, actor who played Black Panther mm-hmm. passed away just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And like many people, I, I took the time to watch the movie. So, mm. And when I was watching the movie, it was funny, or I shouldn't say funny, ironic almost that in a very advanced, again, you mean fictional, but very advanced um, civilization, part of their tribes, one of their major tribes was the mining tribe, uh, right? Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. And so there's even a recognition in that movie that mining is important and essential mm-hmm. to having the technological breakthroughs and advancements that we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so being able to make sure that people make that connection of, wow, I have a cell phone because of mining, right? Mm-hmm. And again, I've, I've told you before, I won't defend the past of the 1880s. Mm-hmm. Were there mistakes made back then? Yes, in every industry and frankly, in our way of life as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you mean, let us not you mean, define anybody by what mm-hmm. happened in the 1880s, but mm-hmm. give people the opportunity to show who they are today. Right. And today mining is an environmentally friendly, conscious um, industry that invests in their people by paying them well, invests in their communities by contributing. And frankly, really good benefits too. Yeah, mm-hmm. you mean like uh, you mean sign like I said, sign me up. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, now that I have this job, I was like, darn, why didn't I just go drive a haul truck? This is uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, frankly, again, just making sure that people understand that connection. 
Uh, and um, I mean, we can talk a little bit about uh, some of the disconnect that happens even within the taxing of money. Mm -hmm. And uh, sure. a lot of people don't really understand how that happens and business taxes and different things like that. So, I mean, I'll, I'll jump all the way in. I know we're on a time yeah. frame, but you know, you, you ask and I will tell. Sure. Um, I noticed on the website, it says member, become, become a member, join now. If I were to become a member of Nevada mining, what, what would that mean to me or anyone else who would become a member? Well, you know, you'd, you'd get access to, I mean, kind of a cool person that I kind of know. Yep. Going, no, I can't. <laughs> no, but um, really the benefits of our membership is we represent people all the way across the supply chain. Um, when people think about mining, they only think about the actual person who's doing the mm -hmm. extraction. Uh, people don't recognize that. Obviously, we have lawyers. We have graphic designers, we have architects, we have geologists, we even have PR people, right? Mm -hmm. And so really any job that you could ever want, we have and it's available for you in the mining space. Uh, and so becoming a member really just connects you to that full supply chain. Great. Sounds great. I think I'll sign up. Yeah, please do. Please do. Love to have you. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Tyree and Edith. The legislature has such a big impact on everything from education mm -hmm. to to I mean, they're setting the rules for everything. And and it sounds to me like you have an industry where people are really going above and beyond already to make sure that they do their part in putting the land back together. Maybe that's because it's regulated. Maybe that's because it's just how how you do it. Good nature of a human being. But but the legislature must be having a pretty big impact on your industry on a regular basis. Yeah, no. So um, you, you hit it right, the nail right on the head, right? The legislature is a governing body of our state um, in regards to creating laws, right? I mean, uh, again, I don't want to give anybody a civics lesson here. We, we know we have three branches of government. Right? And so the legislature is uh, responsible for creating laws and many of those laws and also creating tax policy. Um, but many of the laws that we see that are in place here in Nevada regulating mining, mining came to the table and actually worked with the legislature in order to accomplish. And that's really important, right? You want your um, government to be working with industry in order to create common sense legislation and common sense regulations. Um, what we've seen, obviously, you I mean, with COVID-19, there have been budget shortfalls. We've just seen... Mm just massive amount of despair and that, mm -hmm. you mean, we, there's not a different way to say that. Um, I think we're mm -hmm. starting to get into a new normal, mm -hmm. um, but that's not what we want, right? We all mm -hmm. want better. Uh, we want uh, better for everybody. So um, what we were talking about um, actually the night that we met, mm -hmm. um, I was talking to Edith about the special session that had just occurred. And so for many of you who might not be too tuned in to, um, Nevada politics, we had two special legislative sessions um, in June and early August, or excuse me, in July and, and early August. And the purpose of those sessions were really to come in and deal with our budget shortfalls. We have a need in Nevada in order to balance our budget and in balancing our budget, unfortunately, mm. our legislators and our governor was put in a really, really weird and tough situation where they had to pick almost winners and losers in the budget, right? Do you, mm -hmm. do you cut school lunches or do you cut, I mean, meals on wheels to kids um, or to, to seniors, right? And, and those, are, those are decisions that we never want to put our, our elected officials into. But 
unfortunately, COVID-19 presented um, just unusual times, right, where we had these $1.2 billion shortfall. But what we also saw during the legislative session wasn't a desire to increase taxes on the mining industry. And the mining industry pays every tax that every business pays, um, plus an industry-specific tax called the net proceeds of minerals tax. And the net proceeds of minerals tax is a property tax of what the property, what the mineral in the hands of the extractor is. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what does that mean? You're like, huh. What does that mean? All right, I'll tell you. So, (laughs) (laughs) no. Um, But what that is is, the if I had an ounce of a mineral, we'll call it a fictitious mineral on the on the table right now, and we said that 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 piece of uh, that mineral is worth a hundred dollars on the table. Um, yes, it's worth a hundred dollars to us right here on the table. If you were to drop that mineral ten feet below the ground, even just right here, that mineral would be worth a hundred dollars minus the time it took you to dig it up, minus the shovel, minus mm-hmm. the amount it took you to then mm-hmm. refill that hole, right? Mm-hmm. And so that becomes the value in the hand of the extractor, right? So, and that's how we tax all businesses. Mm-hmm. We say, if it took you $50 to make 100 bucks, we're going to tax you on the 50 bucks that, that you made, not mm-hmm. on the $100 that, mm-hmm. that came in. I mean, gross versus net. Mm-hmm. And so that is the meth- mechanism for taxing minerals, just as we described. Take any mineral drop it there, whatever that cost is, that w- that's what we determine the value of that mineral is. And then we apply a 5% tax on top of that mineral. Mm-hmm. And so that's the gross proceeds completely oversimplified. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a desire to change that calculation. And, that, and there are three uh, proposals that kind of came through. Um, the first, um, Assembly Joint Resolution 1 um, and Senate Joint Resolution 1, they're the functional equivalent and what they would have done is transmute it, and transmute just means change um, the tax from a net tax to a gross tax. And as you can imagine, on any business, paying gross mm. is not. <laughs> I mean, what uh, would that even translate to? That 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 would cut into using your same analogy. That fifty dollars just became like twenty six, right? I mean. Correct. That's an insane amount of tax. Yeah, no. So um, that actual that proposal would have increased taxes on the mining industry by three hundred and eighty five percent. Yeah, they don't tell you that part. They just say the miners are hosing the teachers. That's what they tell the public. That's not a good representation of that at all. And um, and, 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 and just think about it. I mean, if I asked you to pay three hundred and eighty five percent increase on uh, on Starbucks, you probably I'll stop drinking it. Starbucks, right? Make uh, it should, you have a you have your your calculator. We should find out what five dollars <laughs> times. <laughs> Let's get three hundred and eighty five percent of that. Twenty six dollars. Starbucks. Yeah, what are we so, doing? And, and that's the thing, right? Uh, whenever you increase the operating expenses, um, there will be job loss. There will be mm. um, reduction, right? Because you get to that point where you can tax an industry out of existence. Yeah, and right. When you when we were looking at those proposals, uh, we had independent economists run numbers for us, and we were looking at job loss in the neighborhood of about eleven to twelve thousand people, and for an industry that employs about thirty thousand people, that's one third mm-hmm. of the people mm-hmm. in these high paying jobs that would be unemployed, um, and so and not unemployed, and again not to. Not that Southern Nevada, uh, where I live again in Henderson, uh, is robust in any way. Uh, we, we have a very robust economy there, right? And so does Reno. Um, 
when you leave one job in Southern Nevada, there's usually an opportunity for you to gain another. Mm-hmm. Um, probably fairly similarly situated, right? In equal pay or equal benefits or whatever the case it is. Um, in a rural community, that doesn't exist. In fact, there are many communities out, um, say, for instance, uh, when you look at Ely, where um, you have almost, you mean, 50, 60 percent of the people are employed by the mine. All mining, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people who are who don't work in the mine, they're reliant upon mining dollars for their employment. So this would have been so devastating um, that literally it could have closed down cities and towns Mm. in Nevada. Mm. Um, And so people being able to appreciate that taking a dollar here may seem relatively um, inane, but there are real consequences, particularly when you're taking those dollars from rural communities that just don't have too much Mm. and frankly would just then turn around and increase the tax burden on Washoe County and Clark County, because then all of a sudden we'd have to start sending more dollars to those counties that are now self-sufficient. So uh, that was a that was a heck of a proposal, um, or a heck of a resolution that came through, and uh, it was voted on, um, and it, it it did pass. It does have to pass another time, and then it'll go to the people. But you I mean our hopes are that um, we won't see those two. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. Uh, and that there's an opportunity to have some measured conversation about how the mining industry can help uh, get Nevada through this. In the past, uh, just like we did this time, um, we've offered to prepay our tax obligations. Mm. Mm. That's a that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Oh. Um, that's I mean, no small thing at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's the what would the dollar amount on that even look like? Are you able to share that with with people that would listen to this? Yeah, no. So that's a uh, it's a public record, uh, okay. and so the dollar amount for prepayment is a, roughly about one hundred seventy five million dollars is what um, you'll end up receiving. Um, again, the net proceeds is based upon the price of minerals. So as a price of minerals, and as we all know, gold is fairly relatively high today. Right now. Those those prices and those payments go up, and so. Um, even when we had that discussion, just explaining to people like, hey, if your landlord called you tomorrow and said, hey, look, going to need you to prepay your <laughs> rent for a year. Some of us could do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Some of us couldn't. And that's the issue, right? Some right. minds can and other minds can't. But in any way, even if you could do it, it's probably going to hurt you a little bit, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. No sane right. person right. does it on their own accord unless it's just <laughs> going to keep that. it unless done right, right? Right. Yeah. And I so, like, you mean, we prepaid our obligations, and that was really our way of trying to get the state some additional revenue um, during these times where we see game, gaming revenues declined. Um, and again, you mean, our hope is that in the next couple of months, um, we see a vaccine, people start to return back to what we know as normal, but mm-hmm. uh, continue to use hand sanitizer and mm-hmm. wash your Mouse. hands and social distance <laughs> uh, when we can. Um, because again, we don't want to have to go back through this, but um, we do believe that all of our industries will rebound. So um, doing something that is punitive and or that could potentially hurt the industry and frankly hurt the state in the long run um, probably isn't the wisest thing. Yeah. That's great to hear. Uh, sounds like Nevada mining has got Nevada's back. Hey, we've, we've got you back. We yeah, care. Nevada the, Mining cares. From the beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. That was a great question. I wouldn't have known how to. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> I, that's what I, that's why I say back yeah. here on the third mic sometimes, because I get a whole different 
perspective over here. You know, I get to see what you're saying. I, I can see the passion in you as you're talking about it. I, I can see that more than anything, you just really want people to understand that, like, we don't set out to put legislature in the bad position. We don't set out to have to to have anything go wrong with a situation like that. And sometimes the way that political parties will present these things, they really look for a bad guy. It's easy to blame a big mining industry as the bad guy because you can put a ghoul on its face and call it scary to the people. But when you put a man right in front of you who just tells you how it is, it looks a little different, you know? Well, I thank you, and I appreciate that. And again, like you said, uh, it's easy to tag on and say that Nevada mining is some faceless corporation, but it really isn't. It's uh, faces like mine, faces like yours, mm-hmm. um, though you can't see this handsome fella here behind the third mic, uh, <laughs> faces like his. Um, and so it, it's they're Nevadans. Right. They're people battle born who, <laughs> who are really right. just Any trying to ink out, a, ink out a living. Right. Um, <laughs> and so it's really important that we we don't focus on wow, there's, there's a corporation name on the building. Uh, that corporation wouldn't exist without the people. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, uh, employees in, in business, they're two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, businesses don't exist without employees and employees need business in order to be able to provide for life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, whenever you try to divorce those two, you end up with bad legislation and or bad policy that really doesn't benefit either. Right. And it's important to, to recognize that. Wonderful. Well, thank you so I have a, much. Yeah, I have a quick little you. side question. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with the Donovan Mill Restoration Project in Silver City? You know what? I am not, but I'm going to do my homework. Well, that's and, right. but, or I'm you happy, can give me some info if you know about one, it. I'm happy to be the one to let you in on it. It's, yeah, a, please. it's a restoration project of an old mill in Silver City, neighboring Virginia City. Nice. And um, it's they're getting it up and they're basically museumifying it. It's a nonprofit okay. that's kind of getting back to working order where they can bring tours in and explain. And, um, it's super interesting. So I was curious if you have an element of what you do that is focused on mm-hmm. restoration and the preserving the history of where all this came from. Cause you discuss question. how, you know, you take, you got to take the crunchy with the smooth when oh, it yeah. comes to the 1880s, you know, it's yeah. with all those mistakes <laughs> made. We, yeah. we went, Wait, that's my we guy, went, man. I am full peanut butter. That is right my guy. Now. Oh, look, look. He knew how to talk to me, man. Like, peanut butter is my favorite. Uh, I mean, if you right. want to bribe me Reese's, uh, peanut butter cups, oh, I'm all about that. Uh, there might've been one sitting in there, but, but you know, directly to your question, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you do have to take the crunchy with the smooth and that's one of the things. And, uh, with our association, we do a lot of outreach. Um, a lot of our members work with um, historical preservation um, companies uh, and um, societies here within Nevada. Um, in fact, uh, I, I have a conversation with uh, Heidi Swank um, here in the next couple of days. Uh, she's transitioning from being an assemblywoman, but she runs the Nevada Preservation League. And um, we have worked with her in the past, the industry has, and we look forward to working with her in the future. Um, frankly, the ability to, again, you don't, you don't want to run away from your past. You can embrace it. Um, and you can tell the story about how you made it over, if you will. Right. Right. Yeah. Those Mm -hmm. mistakes are how we get to better forms of what we're doing. I mean, that's lessons learned. A truly beautiful sentiment. And that's, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear that because I think that all fields we, you know, I'm a huge proponent for preservation of, of where it all came from anyways. And so. That's cool to hear. Thank you. No, definitely. No. And, uh, and frankly, thank you for bringing that to my attention. 
Um, and frankly, I, I probably have read about it, but um, I mean, again, my, my staff is wonderful. <laughs> I rely on those guys. Uh, so if I can, I just have to give a shout out um, to Allison Anderson, Drew McGregor, Christina Pearson, Nikki Bailey, Joseph Reine. Um, I mean, those those are the people who make it work. Um, Alan Biaggi is a huge help to us um, as well. So I just, you know, frankly, without those guys, um, I probably wouldn't still be in the seat, man. Cause, uh, you know, takes it, a team. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> takes an army. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Right. Hey, I, I can appreciate someone that that makes sure to, to put in the people that are helping out. I mean, oh, no doubt. it's so easy sometimes to to just come in and be on the microphone and say your thing and whatever. But you've been a very elegant guest. Well, thank you. I yeah. appreciate you. And I appreciate it. And I'm, and I'm, and I wish we would have got Edith on the mic today. She was being a little shy, but um, if not for Edith, this probably wouldn't have happened. Oh. You mean Edith is, uh, well, is very, very competent. Uh, one of the best mm-hmm. lobbyists here in Nevada. So if I didn't put that on the record for her, I'd be remiss, but Such a pleasure. Um, definitely uh, one of those people who uh, can get it done. So we might've scared her off the mic earlier. <laughs> there it. it is. I told you I was coming for you. <laughs> Yeah, you did put out to us that, that, I mean, you came, you laid out the one resolution and there's two others. Yeah. What does the next session look like? Not, you know, so great question. So we talked about AGR1 and SGR1, which are the functional equivalent. Um, AGR2, which is a proposal to take the net proceeds percentage from 5% up to 12%. Um, And again, that's 140% increase. Mm. Again, equally shocking, but when you say three, 385 to 140, you're like, okay, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like instead of three minutes of planking, you get a minute and a half. It's less painful, right? It's still a minute and a half of planking. Yeah, okay. So, um, but with that, uh, that would preserve our current uh, mechanism for net proceeds. And so I think going into next session, what we'll see is we'll see a lot of conversation. Um, between the industry, the executive branch, and the legislative branch to hopefully move the needle and think about tax increases in such a way that will not harm the industry but will then also help the people. Um, let me be very clear. The Nevada mining, Nevada's mining industry is not opposed to having conversations about taxes. Mm-hmm. We're not. Mm. Um, every time there's been a tax increase uh, in Nevada, whether you go to 2000, and 15 with the invention of the commerce tax, or you go back to 2003 with the modified business tax, mining has always been at the table and said, okay, we'll, we'll pay our share. Um, there are some of them, there are some people who will say that mining doesn't pay its fair share. And sometimes I agree with them. I think we pay a disproportionate share sometimes. However, that's not really the issue for us. What we want is a better Nevada. Mm. Mining, like I said, is part of Nevada. Um, we have been here since the beginning, and though we started off as the first, um, the largest industry, and now we're only the 12th largest industry mm-hmm. um, in Nevada, we're still an industry. And we, our people live here, our employees live here, um, and we're, we are invested in seeing Nevada be better. So for us, next legislative session is really going to look like a holistic approach. Um, the business community as a whole is likely to talk about revenue increases. Um, again, I, I won't say that we don't need them. <laughs> Um, I won't say that we do need them either, but I will say that if there's a desire for our governor and our legislature to look at those, um, mining wants to be at the table and we're willing to have those conversations. But again, it has to be measured and it has to be in such a way that takes into account 
um, not the businesses, but the people who rely the, the business overall of it. Yeah. I mean, you're really dealing with a situation where you have to think about COVID first because it just hosed everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think it also takes a pretty strong leader to be able to say as a corporation, and you're not all going to like to hear this, sometimes we're not paying our share. Yeah. That's, a, that's a bold thing to say because it, it gives validity to the notion that you do want to come to the table and make sure that in those times we're offsetting it with another time where, where we do pay more than our share. You know, I oh. mean, seems as though this next legislative session's got something coming down the pipe and I, I hope it doesn't sink a town and I hope it comes out fair. You know? no, no. And, I, and I'm with you. You know, again, we we pay uh, we pay our proportionate share, but there are some times when there's a duty to do more because you happen to be in that position. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, the price of gold is really high right now. So we're in a position to where we can be a little flexible. But again, the price of gold is very volatile. Um, it, just to give you a recap, in the last 20 years, gold has been as low as $376 an ounce to as high as uh, $1,900 an ounce, right? And so appreciating that volatility, and that's not a continuous line, right? If that were just mm-hmm. a continuous line of growth, mm-hmm. then we'd appreciate that. Right. But that's a, you know, ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. if you yeah. will, uh, <laughs> peaks and valleys. Yeah. Um, and so whenever we see instability in the market, gold is countercyclical. So when there's less confidence in the market, gold goes up. Gold goes up. Mm-hmm. And when confidence is restored, it goes down. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll leave you with this that, um, one of the larger corporations here that does mining is uh, Barrett Gold and their wonderful leadership, uh, Mark Bristow. Um, there I work uh, daily with Christina Erling, who's their government affairs director. Um, in 2015, they almost went bankrupt. They had bankruptcy counsel. They were ready to hang it up. And that is really because what happened in 2012, after the election of Barack Obama for the second time, um, again, not to be political or in any way, shape or form, there was just a confidence that was restored in the market, right? We had Mm -hmm. gone through the Mm -hmm. great recession. Mm -hmm. Um, Things appeared to be getting better. And so people started, you know, started uh, believing uh, in the uh, economy again. And so we saw three years of continued decline Mm. to the point where we had a 40% decline in those three years. When you add it all up, a 40% decline of the price of the commodity, and again, wow. um, I don't care what what you're selling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if your if your asset continues to decline by forty percent or declines every year to a point of forty percent, it's going to get pretty mm-hmm. hard to be in business. And and so we have to be conscious that that's not the first time that's happened, and it won't be the last time it happens. So mm-hmm. any tax policy has to take into account the the natural ebbs and flows and peaks and valley of a commodity that is traded. We don't get to pick the price of it. Mm. Um, it's picked over in London. <laughs> and so you know, mm. um, who, whoever gets to do that, lucky them. But we're, mm. we're, not, we're not them. And so we don't even get to set our own prices. So the only things that we can control are really our operating expenses. And our tax obligation falls into that. How are those prices set? Can you give us insight on how those prices are set in London? Um, I can tell you, but then I've got to... Yeah. No, 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 I, I can't. No, 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 no. <laughs> no like you don't. You don't really. No, I <laughs> you just like, She's like, oh, I've been waiting to just give me the word. That guy's first. Right. No. No. Uh, <laughs> I was like, get him. <laughs> he asked the question. Get him with the dart. <laughs> right. no. 
no, um, I kid. So actually, unfortunately, I, um, I'm, I'm not an economist and I'm not an expert in that area. Sure. I would love to be able to tell you, um, cause if I, if I knew, like we'd be on a beach in Tahiti. I'm just saying. Yeah, like yeah, we, that's fair. I'm just saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah, all be yeah. honest here, right? <laughs> Thought I had a way in. There, oh man, I, nope. I look. I, I asked the same question when I started. I was like, "Cool, where's the where's the secret book?" Right? You know, I've heard of the president's book. Is there not a there not a president's book for the Nevada Mining Association? I need to know. Okay. Well, so, that'll be in the next show, I guess. Well, no, well, <laughs> no. I'll tell you all about it. So, no, perfect. <laughs> But no, but honestly, I wanted to say thank you so oh, much. You're welcome. To thank you. you. Thank you for your kindness. Again, I mean, we we met randomly at Chewy's. We need to give a shout out to Chewy's Mari people. Chewy, yep. <laughs> Make sure you go out there. Wonderful, wonderful owner, wonderful food, uh, and wonderful beverages. Mm. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but we happen to meet one another, engage in a wonderful conversation. You were so warm, so inviting. Oh, thank and you. so when you invited me here, I was like, I will be here oh, for you, you so much, because that's you. A, that's what we do for good people. <laughs> well, we show up, right? Amen. Just That's the way the universe works. So thank you so much for allowing me to spend time with you and interviewing both of you and, and educating more people of Nevada, one of the great industries that supports our state. So Thank you. All right. Well, shall we have dinner? Until <laughs> next time, let's go eat. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bliss AF here at Open Mic Studios with Tyree Gray, president of the Nevada Mining Association. Thank you for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you.